Hey everyone, Amalia here, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode here on the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. This episode is a part of the Equestrian Rider by Mechanics series, where I share with you how you can become a more effective rider. I've realized through my knowledge and experience working as a physiotherapist and also through observing and teaching riders in horsemanship lessons that the rider biomechanics piece is a big piece of the full picture when it comes to riding horses well. Because without being a good rider, we become a much more difficult load to carry for our horses and therefore we cannot communicate clearly and effectively in a way that enhances our harmony with our horses. Horsemanship and rider biomechanics really do go hand in hand, and I've decided to share more information with you on how you can become the best rider you can be. These episodes will give you a ton of value, and if you're hungry for more, then I encourage you to join my eight-week rider-specific exercise program, which helps riders become more fit, flexible, coordinated, strong, symmetrical, balanced, and ultimately achieve that effortless-looking riding position that we all desire. Find out more via the link in the show notes or head to amaliadempsey.com and click on exercise program. Without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast, a source for riding and training insights with the goal of helping your horse be a light, happy and willing partner. I'm your host, Amalia Dempsey, a mainstream equestrian rider who discovered natural horsemanship and equine learning theory, and now I help riders like you achieve connection and communication with your horse so you can have more fun and fulfillment whilst prioritizing the partnership. Get more learning resources, including my free connection and communication mini course at AmaliaDempsey.com. Click the follow button so you don't miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave me a rating and review or screenshot this episode and share on social media. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 46 of the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast, eight qualities to improve your riding ability. Now, I know that rider fitness is really trending right now. You might see more reels on Instagram and more information being shared around rider fitness, rider exercise, rider biomechanics, etc. But for me, it's not just about lifting a lot of weights or running or working out in the traditional sense in terms of exercise. It's about being aware of the specific qualities that riders need to ride well and learning how to improve them through off the horse exercise and also mounted exercises as well. So in this episode, I'm gonna go over those specific qualities that you need to be aware of in order to actually improve them. So let's get started. The first quality is proprioception. Proprioception is a person's awareness of the position of their body parts. Top riders have excellent proprioception. They are aware of their position on the horse and any movement that that they do is precise and deliberate. So nothing is done kind of by accident. You won't see them, you know, accidentally moving their hands around or accidentally bumping their legs um, because they have really good awareness of what each part of their body is doing and where each part of their body is in space. I would like to extend the definition of proprioception for horse riders to include a rider's awareness of the horse itself, as I believe that our perception and awareness of the horse is a vital part of riding well also. Now, traditionally, proprioception is is more so a term used to describe an individual's awareness of their joints and and limbs and position in space. But 
after you've been writing for some time, you do start to develop this kind of centaur type connection with your horse where it does feel like the horse's legs become your own so you almost do develop a sense of where your horse is in space as well so that's why I like to extend that definition of proprioception for horse riders to include the horse because I really think that this sensory awareness of where the horse is in space through our own sensory receptors in our body um, really helps us become a better rider. By improving proprioception, the rider will have a greater awareness of where they are in relation to the horse and thus have a better understanding of where to position their body for balance, control of movement and effective aid application. So think about a top level rider. Picture your absolute favorite rider in your mind right now. So as you're picturing them, you might notice that they appear to have total control and awareness of their body and their horses and it looks effortless right nothing is accidental they are in total control of their body and horsemanship people talk about this awareness and I think it's it's not just a um, like a mental or emotional awareness it's a physical awareness so we need to be both are really aware of you know how not only how our horse feels mentally and emotionally and how we feel mentally and emotionally in a horsemanship sense but we also need to become more physically aware of where both of our bodies are in space to improve that proprioception quality and therefore improve the way we ride and communicate with each other the next quality is motor control Motor control is the regulation of movement. So this is very closely related to proprioception in terms of the awareness and um, control. However, it's more to do with the actual movement rather than the position of um, the person or the horse. So motor control allows you to apply aids with conscious awareness, thus reducing accidental communication with your horse. Motor control also helps you change your position or move a body part with awareness such that every movement is deliberate. By improving motor control, the rider becomes more coordinated as they are able to use parts of their body in a smooth and efficient way. And this helps to create the desirable independent seat, hands and legs. So we take the quality of proprioception, so the awareness of our position in space, And we can apply that to movement, which is the motor control aspect. And so we need to be able to, as riders, to generate controlled movement patterns. And top riders, you'll notice, have really good coordination and controlled movement. You will often hear the terms independent seat, independent hands, independent legs. And basically what this means is that the rider has excellent motor control over those body parts so that they are able to move independently of each other. And this is something that you can also develop off the horse through unmounted rider exercise to improve your motor control ability off the horse and therefore apply it to how you are in the saddle also. And if you think about it, someone who is more coordinated is going to have an easier time riding than someone who is not. And this coordination, sure, some people are born more naturally coordinated than others. But the good news is this coordination, this improved motor control ability can be improved off the horse. 
The next quality is balance. Balance is the ability to maintain your line of gravity within your base of support, or in simple terms, balance just stops you from falling. Sometimes in the horse world, balance is used interchangeably with alignments, and they are related because if someone has you know, large asymmetries, it can be more difficult to maintain balance without compensatory movement patterns. There are three systems, the visual, vestibular, and sensory systems that control your balance, and riders can improve their balance through, once again, through off-the-horse exercise, as well as challenging their balance further when riding, for example, without stirrups or other supports like large knee blocks and breeches with grip fabric, which do help to support you, but they don't um, necessarily help improve your balance. So we are a moving being on a moving being. So we really need to be in balance for safety, obviously for safety reasons, but also to ride our horse in a way where we can um, move in harmony with them and therefore have more clear communication. And if you think about it, it must be very unsettling for the horse to have an unbalanced rider on their back. Because remember that horses need to feel like they can flee in order to feel safe. So if their balance is threatened in any way, including by a rider who is unbalanced on their back, then they're going to feel more stressed because essentially their safety is being threatened. The next quality is strength and stability. Strength is the ability to resist force and stability is the ability to control the body through movement, which is very similar to the definition of motor control. Now, we don't need to be weightlifters or gym junkies, but we do need to have an adequate baseline level of strength in order to withstand the inevitable forces placed on our bodies during riding. For example, when we have adequate core and leg strength, we should find certain riding tasks like sitting trot or two-point position a lot easier. We also need the ability to stabilize our body through a range of movement so that riding activities like rising trot or following a horse over a jump are smooth and controlled with the least amount of interference with the horse. So what I mean by that is it's not just about the strength in terms of you holding a specific position, um, but it's about you being able to maintain that strength and stability through a range of positions. And we need a certain level of strength and stability throughout the whole body, not just the core muscles or the muscles of the trunk, because it's not just the core muscles that work during riding. And I'll talk a little bit more about the balance of um, contraction and relaxation of muscles in a moment. We need an adequate baseline level of strength so that it doesn't require effort to do things like sit to the trot or stand in two-point position or even maintain a quality rising trot. Um, movement because you know if we're having to use all of our strength and our conscious awareness to produce those sorts of movements when we ride then we really limit how much we can how much brain power we can and, and physical power that we can apply to other more important things or more or more refined conversations with our horse so as an example let's exaggerate so i want you to imagine a really frail person or someone who's really unfit perhaps they've got a sedentary lifestyle they never exercise someone who struggles to lift something very light versus someone who is easily able to lift a hay bale who is regularly active who's strong who regularly exercises and compare how you think those two riders are going to be when they're actually in the saddle. Who is going to have an easier time riding the horse? 
Now, again, I'm not saying you have to be a weightlifter or an Olympic type athlete in terms of the level of training you do, but you can't deny that someone who is more physically fit, strong and stable is probably going to have an easier time riding than someone who is less active, less physically fit, less strong, etc. Okay, let's move on to flexibility and mobility. Mobility is a person's ability ability to move a joint actively through a range of motion, whereas flexibility is the passive range of motion of a joint. So passive just means that, um, you know, you're not using any active contractile structures to produce the movement. So we can assess someone's mobility through how far they can lift they can move a joint through a range. So let's say like a straight leg raise, lying on your back, lifting your leg in the air by yourself, that would be assessing your mobility versus um, uh, your flexibility would be somebody else lifting your leg up as high as you can go. Usually people will have greater range into flexibility versus mobility. We need to be both passively and actively flexible and mobile respectively. The horse and the forces on our body will somewhat passively move our joints, right? So you can imagine that um, just the forces of gravity and the movement of the horse will be kind of moving our body around to some extent. But we also need to be actively mobilizing areas of our body to follow the movement of the horse and control the extent to which the outside forces and the horse moves our joints. So we we need to be both flexible and mobile. Now, riders don't need to be overly flexible and mobile like, say, gymnasts, but there are certain areas of the body like the lumbopelvic hip region and the ankles that require an adequate adequate range of motion to allow us to follow the movement of the horse and absorb the forces placed on our bodies when we ride. Riders who have a regular and consistent stretch practice targeting these specific areas can improve their mobility and flexibility for riding. So no, we don't need to be as flexible as gymnasts, but a certain range of motion available, especially at the pelvis, hips, lower back and ankles can definitely improve the way we ride. In saying that, I have observed some really good riders who were previously dancers, gymnasts, vaulters, um, etc. And potentially this could be because of their mobility and flexibility, but probably also because of their excellent and already established body awareness, their proprioception and their motor control. So, you know, I talk about each of these qualities, but really all of them go hand in hand and they're all equally as important as each other. The next quality is symmetry and alignment. Symmetry is the correspondence of parts on opposite sides of a plane. Right. So if you imagine a straight line, we're looking for kind of evenness between those both at both sides of that straight line. Alignment in the body is how body parts connect and line up with each other. No horse or rider is perfectly symmetrical or aligned, and that is okay and perfectly normal. But sports like equestrian encourage us to strive for symmetry in order to load both sides of the body as equally as possible for both horse and rider to improve performance and maybe, maybe reduce um, injury as well. And I say that because I'm not sure that that's actually proven by the scientific literature, but it is a plausible theory um, that, you know, if we are loading both sides of the body more evenly, that there's less chance for overload type injury on one side. 
Plus, a horse's performance usually improves when they are able to move and control their body more equally in both directions, which requires a rider to have the same level of symmetry and alignment in their own body. Riders can become aware of and improve their symmetry and alignment through off the horse exercises. And I've also developed an equestrian biomechanics base layer, which is a garment to help you and your coach identify your asymmetries in the saddle. And you can find out more about that on my website at amaliadempsey.com and just click on shop. So everyone is asymmetrical and we will never be perfectly symmetrical or aligned. So take a deep breath and take that pressure off yourself right now, because I feel like, yeah, I guess um, preaching this kind of stuff about symmetry and alignment, people can get really down. Let's say if they've got a scoliosis or they're like just naturally really asymmetrical, but I don't want you to feel like you're a terrible rider if you're not symmetrical or aligned because the reality is no one is and we're all working towards that kind of unachievable goal just because it's pretty much impossible to be perfectly symmetrical and aligned at all times um, doesn't mean we shouldn't be kind of striving for that though because it makes sense that it will improve the horse's performance and the load on both of our bodies but I'm just saying like don't beat yourself up if you're not perfectly symmetrical or aligned at the moment and um, same with the horses they'll never be perfectly symmetrical and aligned either and if you ask a top rider let's say a Grand Prix dressage rider they will tell you (laughs) straight away which side their horse is um, more stiff on compared to the other, like which rain they're more stiff going on compared to the other. So it's kind of a never ending journey and that's, that's okay, that's part of the process. But it does make sense that the closer we can work towards this um, idealistic goal, the easier it will be for the horse to move freely with a rider who is able to align their body in a way that is as symmetrical as possible. Sorry if you can hear my dog kind of groaning or <laughs> flapping about in the background. It's um, really hot today here in Australia. It's like 38 degrees. So I've got the dogs inside with the air conditioner on. So bear with me if you hear any dog noises. Okay, so going back to symmetry and alignment, let's again, let's exaggerate this. So imagine a rider who is completely leaning to one side. The horse will obviously have to compensate for this versus a rider whose body parts are in good alignment to one another. And there is perfect symmetry between the left and right sides. Again, perfect doesn't exist, but just for the purposes of this example, which rider is going to be able to stay better balanced on the horse and therefore have a better connection and communication with their horse. Obviously it's the more symmetrical and aligned rider. And this is gonna um, for sure affect the quality of balance as well. The next quality is relaxation. Total relaxation in the body is when muscles are not active, but we can't be totally relaxed when riding or we'd fall off. Imagine placing a dummy person unstrapped on a horse. As soon as the horse moves, it would fall off, right? This demonstrates the need for some kind of muscle activation, which is necessary for riding. But if we are too rigid, or tense or have too much muscle activation, then this can inhibit our ability to ride well by not allowing our body to move in time with the horse. We need a balance of relaxation and muscle activation and great riders are masters at using the right muscles at the right amount at the right time, no more, no less. And riders can learn how to carry out movements and create postures and positions in a relaxed way, balancing both relaxation and activation through off the horse exercise as well as riding. 
So really, I see relaxation important for riders in terms of their ability to relax so that only the muscles necessary to perform the movement are activated and no more. Like think about a beginner rider. Usually they're activating way more muscles than they need to because they're still learning those skills. They're still working out. They're still forming those neural pathways where they can produce the movements required for riding or uh, reduce the movements that are not required for riding so that they can ride in a more relaxed way. But I don't really agree when people say that riders must be totally relaxed because this isn't really, this is not true either. And that's why I use the example of strapping like a dummy human to a horse because there's obviously no tension, no activation in a dummy kind of horse. So there must be some level of activation that's required. I believe there really needs to be a balance of muscle activation and relaxation. And I do think sometimes when we are so focused on trying to be perfect and trying to correct our posture and position, we can create this rigidity in our bodies. And I do see this when I coach people on their posture in the physiotherapy clinic. So I will try and find their most ideal posture for sitting, let's say. And then, you know, I, I, I take, perhaps we'll take photos of the, of that position and show them and they're really tense, right? So First of all, it's not going to feel natural if you're not used to maintaining a certain position. And secondly, you don't need to be rigid in it. So I often find this ideal posture for that particular person. And then I say, okay, now that you've found that position and we've worked out the cues to help you find that position, can you just relax 10%? Because sometimes we just need that permission to allow ourselves to relax 10%. And by giving the 10% um, relaxation cue, it helps that person just find a more kind of natural position in that posture rather than really trying to hold it and secure that position because it's not that rigidity that we need. We need a balance of that relaxation and activation. So if it's your habit to be a little bit too tense and rigid in the saddle, because you're trying to maintain a certain position, maybe use that cue of 10% relaxation. Give yourself permission to relax a little bit in that movement. Now, sometimes when a rider is like really tense and rigid, I will exaggerate that even further and I will give them permission to ride really floppy. I'll say, can you ride like jelly? Can you just like permission to have the worst posture? Can you let the horse move your body in whichever direction it wants? Can you pretend to be that kind of dummy human on, on a horse? Because sometimes we really need to exaggerate or go so much the other way in order to really feel like what the, really feel what the opposite feel likes before we can find that balance. Okay, so that sums up the eight qualities to improve your riding ability. We had proprioception, motor control, balance, strength and stability, flexibility and mobility, symmetry and alignment, and relaxation. And I did, yes, I said eight qualities, but I mentioned a few more. That's because I grouped some together because they're very closely connected. But really, we need all of these qualities to be effective riders. Now, again, I want to reiterate that I'm not perfect. No one is. I'm a work in progress as we all are, but it's good to be aware of what we can work on to improve ourselves as riders and therefore improve our horse's experience when we do ride. And so the question is, how do we do this? How do we actually improve these qualities? 
Now, there is a whole list of evidence that supports the use of unmounted exercise for riders to develop develop the appropriate qualities for riding horses. Um, so I will go through just a couple of studies that have um, ex- have explored that. So Hampson and Randall in 2015 um, found that an eight-week core stability program can have a significant effect on rider symmetry and consequently provide an important method for reducing asymmetrical loading and improving both human and equine performance. Tarada in 2004 said that an equestrian's muscular fitness, strength, and endurance is important for not only controlling their own position, but also for controlling the horse. And Symes et al. in 2009 said that a core stability and flexibility intervention out of the saddle could be beneficial in reducing the movement asymmetry in the saddle. And there's a whole list of more evidence which can be found on my website on the exercise program page. And it's because of this evidence and the need for riders to develop these physical qualities that I use my knowledge as a physiotherapist and rider to develop an easy to follow exercise program designed for riders who want to develop all these essential qualities mentioned in today's episode. Now, people will say the only way to improve your riding is through riding more. And I agree, of course, 100% you need to actually ride to improve your riding. But imagine if you supplemented this riding with exercise off the horse to improve all the qualities outlined in this episode. You're going to have an advantage for sure. Plus in the program, I also give you mounted rider exercises to improve these qualities specifically in the saddle also. I can't stress the importance of this program enough. I think every rider should have access to it. And I know it's called the eight week program and certainly you can do it in eight weeks, but you can also be flexible with it and just pick out and choose workouts you'd like to do whenever you like. It doesn't have to be done over eight weeks and you get ongoing access um, for you to use it whenever you like in the future. Ask yourself honestly, are you doing everything you can to be the best rider you can be? To be the easiest load to carry for your horse? to improve your riding in a way that develops the necessary qualities so you can ride in harmony with your horse. And if the answer is no, the eight-week program is the perfect and simplest solution for you. I know from my work as a physio that one of the hardest things for me to do is motivate people to complete exercise. What drives me personally to exercise is my horses. I won't always do things for myself, but I know that by doing these exercises, I will help my horses move easier and make it more enjoyable for them to carry me. And that's what motivates me. So if you'd like to join me and over 100 others from all around the world in this program, then make sure you sign up before January 31st to get the program for the introductory price of $157 Australian. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. I just wanted to take a moment to talk about the fact that we spend so much time, money, and research trying to improve our horse's health and fitness. Diet, physio, massage, cross-training, vet checks, supplements, equipment, pole work, farrier, stretches, the list goes on. But what if you're missing a huge part of the equation? The rider's fitness. I believe that it's our job as equestrian riders to be the best versions of ourselves, both mentally and physically, so we can make our horse's job of carrying us as easy as possible and therefore improve symmetrical loading, performance and behavior. And by fitness, I don't just mean how far you can run or how heavy you can lift. 
I mean rider specific fitness, all the qualities riders actually need to be effective in the saddle. Things like balance, symmetry, alignment, strength, stability, coordination, body awareness, flexibility, mobility, motor control, and relaxation. What if you could easily follow a physiotherapist-designed rider-specific exercise program to develop these qualities without having to drive to the gym, spend hundreds or thousands on a personal trainer who doesn't really understand riding anyway, or waste time trying to find the best exercises for riders on Google, which will give you so many different and sometimes conflicting results. Instead, all you need to do is click play, follow along with me, and watch your riding transform over eight weeks. Over 100 riders have already used this program to improve their riding and are loving the results they are seeing so far. And I guarantee that if you complete the program, you will also improve your riding. This program is valued at $500 Australian, but if you sign up before January 31st, 2023, you will get the program for just $157 Australian. And yes, I have a payment plan available. And yes, you can buy in any currency. But what if right now is not the best time for you to get started? Don't worry, when you sign up, you get ongoing access, so you can complete it anytime you like and as many times as you like, or buy now, complete later if now is not the best time for you. Click the link in the show notes or head to amaliadempsey.com and click on exercise program and get ready to transform your writing in 2023. Thanks for listening to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. Make sure you hit the follow button so you get notified every time a new episode is released. And if you've learned even just one small thing from today's show, I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts or screenshot this episode and share it on social media. You can connect with me on Instagram at Amalia underscore horses or my website AmaliaDempsey.com where you can find free resources to help you on your horsemanship journey. That's all for today. Thanks for being here. Remember to train with kindness and ride with excellence and I'll see you in the next episode.